And we're back. MMA Log Talk. Episode 18 on this August 31st, 2022. A little bit of drizzling outside up here in Toronto, but it seems like it's finally subsided. Shout out to uh, anybody that was in the DFS Army uh, kill shot podcast earlier today that I did with my guy Kyle Marley, aka Big Marley, was finally happy to break the ice and go into that uh, that podcast. Finally, talk with my guy Kyle. Uh, I've been conversing a lot with him on the Twitter timelines and the DMs and stuff, and then it's finally time that uh, our schedules lined up for us to go out there and. Uh, and finally do a podcast together. Solid contender series last night in terms of uh, entertainment. Blake Builder kicking off the card with an underdog spot. So I was very happy to uh, to hit that. But then I pretty much give that money back by whiffing on Matej Peñez. Shout out to anybody that was on the Cedric Cedriquez, I think his name was, uh, Dumas. Very solid spot there. Bummed I uh, passed on the Kinoshita bet as I was very high on that kid. The guy looked very, very good. I was very happy about that performance from him. I think he has a bright future. And that uh, Jose Enrique kid showed some solid work as well. Um, would like to see him be a little bit more active in terms of trying to establish that uh, that jab and that range because I think that could make him even more successful than he's been to this date. I wouldn't be surprised if Dana ends up signing Enrique on a short notice spot or something like that. Um, but I, like he said in the post fight, he believes Enrique will eventually be in the UFC. Just a matter of time. Uh, but yeah, very happy for Blake Builder to go out there and get the win that he did. You know, I don't like fading Canadians. So I'm a Canadian myself. I like cheering for those guys. I like hoping that they're going to go out there and get wins and get into the UFC and have some big, uh, you know, moments. But, you know, this week, unfortunately, I'm fading both Canadians that are competing on these big stages. And so far, I am one for one in terms of fading them. Let's see if Jordan ends up fumbling the bag and Nathaniel Wood ends up coming up on top as the underdog. Apparently, some news that I missed yesterday was that Sean Strickland is no longer in his fight with Jared Cannonier. Would have been a good bounce-back spot as well for Sean Strickland. Unfortunately, he has to pull out of the fight. And uh, I believe that they're scrapping that fight altogether now. So Jared Cannonier and Sean Strickland will probably happen at a future event. So they're going to have to look for another main event to... Uh, headline that October 15th fight night card. They still have about a month and a half to do so, so I'm sure they'll find something good enough or they'll shift something and make it a main event slot or or make it a main event spot. They've done that in the past. So interesting news coming out over the last 24 hours or so. But mainly, uh, another fun contender series event, like I said, since that first week, you know, it's been pretty much fire every single week out. We've had a ton of underdogs come through, if I'm not mistaken. Let me see if I can just pull it back up here real quick. Uh, just for the sake of the podcast, we'll go contender series week four, week five, and week six. 
Let me see if I can pull up week three. Week three, week two. I just want to quickly see what the uh, record is of underdogs on the contender series so far. So week one, we had Pfeiffer hit, which is one to know. I think that was the only one to hit that night. So one out of four so far underdogs. Um, Claudio Hibero, he was an underdog in certain spots, so I'll call him an underdog. Two, Jose Johnson, underdog. Three, uh, Haley Cowan, underdog. Four, uh, Sadikov was a favorite. So where's that? Four out of four out of nine underdogs so far. Let's keep it going. Parkin, Flowers, Aguilar, Simon. That's eight dogs out of 14 fights now. Hopefully my math is not incorrect right now. So eight out of 14. Um, Dumas, Dudikova, and Belder. That's 11 out of 19. Uh, not one underdog one on week three. So that's 11 out of 24. And then week two, we had 12, Duncan, Salvador. Uh, yeah, so 13 out of 29. So almost half, almost half the underdogs come through. Hopefully my math wasn't completely off there, and hopefully you guys are sticking with me there. But what is that, 13 out of 29 that I said? Again, almost half of the underdogs on the contender series so far come through. I was able to bet on three of them thus far. Very happy with that. Good return so far on the contender series with having those big underdog calls to this point. Um, Yeah, very happy. Later today, I'll be having my Deadlock podcast with my guy, Clint. 7.30 p.m. Eastern, we'll be doing over on the Deadlock channel, so in case anybody wants to stop by. Similar show to this, but you get me and Clint, and we're pretty much talking to the chat and talking about the biggest storylines. So if you guys want to come through for that, please do so, because that would be greatly appreciated. Large One Dream in the chat. Appreciate you stopping by. As always, my friend Nick in the chat as well. Problem Kid. Love you. And there are a lot of dreams saying love the DFS aspect. Yes, Kyle Marley is a big DFS guy. Uh, won plenty in the past. Um, very respected guy in the space. And I was very happy to share the screen with him as well. You know, a lot of people come to me and saying, you know, it's a it's a pleasure to have you on our show and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, they make me out to be this, this legend or something like that. And, you know, I, I still think... It's unwarranted, right? I still have a lot of work to do to truly establish myself in this space and see myself as one of the top guys. And, you know, it's going from the content creation to the betting breakdowns to the record and all that type of stuff. I need to continue to work on those things. If you want to call me a a bit of an OG, sure, I'll take that. But like, you know, Kyle Marley, uh, Dan Levy, Best Fight Picks, you know, those are the guys that were in the space before I came into it. Cody Saftik, you know I mean? One of my guys... Those were the guys that were the OGs when I came into the game. So being on screen with a guy like that is is big to me. I still have a lot of work to do myself. Read News MMA in the chat. 
appreciate you stopping by. Omar E as well. What's going on, my baby? Lajuan Dream saying, like that uh, counter by Kinoshita was fucking sick. Yeah, that was nuts. Beautifully placed. I think a lot of people dream of that type of moment, right? Slipping the perfect punch and then coming back with the vicious counter and knocking your opponent the fuck out. Like, he didn't knock him completely out. He knocked him down and knocked him pretty bad. And then he obviously followed up with some strikes to get that win. Um, but beautiful counter. Beautiful. Untitled NY cards in the chat. Appreciate you stopping by, my friend. 904 low coming through. What's going on, my brother? Appreciate you stopping by. Uh, Ryu News saying, hope all is well. What do you think of Billy Q versus Hernandez at 145? Interesting that Hernandez is going down to 145 now. Um, you know, he's going to need to find some sort of career resurgence, especially after the tumble that he's been on over his last couple of fights. Tough fight. You know, I, I kind of lean Billy Q still there. Um, I don't know, actually. You know, Billy Q just out cardios guys and then just kind of punishes them late. But Hernandez could have the chops to make it very difficult for him to do so. But again, that that Tiago Moises loss on Hernandez makes it very difficult to trust him. Not trying to shit on Tiago Moises at all, but I just really didn't expect Moises to go out there and outstrike Hernandez the way that he did. And Billy Q could absolutely replicate that by putting a pace and pressure on Hernandez. So fun fight. I'll have to see where the betting odds are at before I make any type of like you know, prediction in terms of whether I would bet on it or at all. Uh, I guess first first uh, thought would be a lean on Billy Q there. Nani saying, I find Hernandez a tough fighter to cap. He's very inconsistent. That's what makes it difficult, right? So rather than getting bit on either side of his fights, why not just pass? That might end up being what I end up doing as well. 904 Los in Figlak, Magomedov, Kopilov in St. Denis. What do you think? I like them all. Uh, Kopilov could be a little bit sketchy, but I think all of those spots pretty much hit. Good luck, my friend. Jonathan Jones in the chat saying, can you believe Yanni didn't cash a single pick? Yeah, he's been having a rough contender series run. I feel bad for him. You know, very rough. I feel bad. I feel bad. I don't believe in the whole Yanni curse. I don't believe in the whole fade, the Greek, whatever the fuck it is, all that. Like, people go on rough stretches. He's going on a rough stretch. He went, he did pretty well in the last uh, season of the contender series, if I'm not mistaken. But, um, yeah. Unfortunate. Big up lock, says my man, the 90s. Appreciate the love. Problem kid saying Maria Silva had that fight right there and let a girl with one ACL beat her. Yeah, I was very surprised that... Um, that Silva got all grappled there. The thing that surprised me the most was actually the physicality of Dudakova. I legit thought that Silva was going to be the stronger one in those situations, right? And another spot where it go like continues to go to show like betting big favorites. You know, even if you're picking them to win, but betting the minus three hundred, minus four hundred is sketchy, no matter where you you go about it. Whether it's contender series, whether it's Kamaru fucking Usman, right? Um, just got to be careful. All right, uh, Sand Sense Boulevard. Appreciate you stopping by, my friend. Always love it. 
what I see you in the chat. Jonathan Jones saying, Billy Q takes it. The guys down there are going to be too fast for Hernandez, who is very hittable. That is true. The, the question is, um, is Billy Q the technical striker that's needed to beat a guy like Hernandez? Because his, his style is just, right, cardio. I want to call it like a glorified Homer Simpson approach where it's just, you know, don't not just stand there and get beat on until your opponent gets gassed out and then you fuck him up. But like, like he puts that patient pressure on you. He doesn't mind eating big shots, but because more often than not, he's going to come forward and then eventually break you later in that fight. He could do that to Hernandez. He could absolutely do that to Hernandez. But Hernandez could also go out there and just grapple him, get him to the ground and just control him. Absolutely possible. Corey Yipo saying, right when we thought Japan finally had a Japanese fighter, her, his, career, his career ends with a stub toe. What do you mean stub toe? <laughs> I think he broke his ankle, if I'm not mistaken, but he's going to need some time off. But when he comes back, I think he'll be a very promising fighter. 22 years old. Kid still has a lot of time to grow, but has already shown a solid skill set up until this point. Don't tap podcasting. Taha KO. Corrales. Uh, Kinones into a big overhand right. I lean on the Kinones side there myself, my friend. Good luck to you, though. Lajon Dream saying loved uh, Sadriquez's celebration during his, during his interview with Sanko. Guy looks fun. You know, guy looks like he has a personality. So uh, let's see how he actually fares once he steps inside the cage, though. In the biggest stage. White House Troll saying, obviously, the Greek is not doing his research. He's the worst example for betting people out there. Again, uh, it always seems to come up in every single one of my MMA log talks. So I got to just say it real quick. Like, I think the Greek is much better when it's like team sports where statistics are taken way more into consideration. Because I think MMA is a sport that you actually need to do the tape studying. And I think he's admitted that he's never studied tape. He just takes the numbers, sees what, see what the market's doing, see what the history has usually been, and bases off of trends and all that stuff. That's my issue. Uh, again, not really my issue. That's just his style. It doesn't really translate the best to MMA. That's the difference. I'm sure he's a solid team sport capper, but uh, MMA doesn't seem to be the best way for him to go about it. Lajron Dream saying, I think he's doing the research, just his message method isn't great for contenders. He's doing his research with numbers and statistics. Until on NY card saying initial lean on Hill versus Ducati. I gotta say, I love Ducati, but I think that you know, if Hill goes out there and shows us what she did in the uh the Lupita Godinez fight, I think that this is gonna be a rough night for Ducati. You know, um, she did a good job. Sorry, Hill did a good job of kind of staving off the, the takedown attempts of Lupita by constantly throwing uppercuts and knees up the middle and scaring her off that. If she can do the same thing here with Ducati, I think she can outstrike Ducati as well. So if there is a big price tag or a big plus money price tag on Hill, I'll look to take uh, maybe a, a little bit of a shot on her because people might be big on Ducati after that performance that she had against Jessica Penne. But I think Hill could be another live underdog in that spot. Lajon Dream saying it is fine on the line. I haven't really checked that show out myself. Jonathan Jones saying Hernandez does break pretty easily. He can, yeah. Billy Q's the guy. Sanson saying seems like Greek probably does statistical research, but no tape watching exactly. BP saying uh, Shabazzian defeats Dalcha in December. I think so. 
you know, I think Do- uh, Edmund is going to be one of those guys that's always going to be plagued by cardio issues. And uh, I don't think he'll come into play here against Dolchaz. I think he'll be the smoother, slicker striker. And that should allow him to land that big shot against Dolchaz early and put him all there. Uh, BP saying, also, do you have Pons beating Robbie in December? I do. I do, I do. Nicholas, Nicholas Lee saying, what's up, Law? Cast out parlay yesterday. I love to hear it, my friend. Good shit. Good job. Daniel saying, ST Dumas is the next John Jones. Let's taper down a little bit, my friend. Although I will say that uh, standing guillotine choke that he had uh, was reminiscent of John Jones versus Leota Machida back in the day. But I don't think he's going to be John Jones level. Let's be honest. Jonathan Jones saying, I hope with SD's debut, they stick with calling him SD instead of his full first name. SD flows much better. While they use Cedriquez or whatever it was on the broadcast, we'll see if they switch it to SG, SD. Jonathan Jones saying, you have to watch tape for MMA, especially for these debutantes. I agree. Rick the Ruler saying, I see all these content creators make terrible picks and struggle at times. Exactly. It can happen from time to time. Sean Bitter saying, what's your thoughts on Melsic versus Brito? Is that the fight that's happening? Because that would be a great fight, if so. Um, I'd probably lean Brito ever so slightly. Depends on the uh, the the line there, but I do like, uh, you know, I think Melsic's fun. I think he's a great striker. I think he can do it for 15 minutes if he needs to, but I think that Brito probably has the better overall game, and he might be able to implement some grappling if he wants to. But even just the style of just always moving forward, I think it's going to be hard for Melsic to deal with. One thing that I'm kind of bummed with uh, in regards to Melsic is that he never got to fight TJ Laramie, or at least TJ Laramie never got to fight Melsic, right? I hate that the public perception on TJ Laramie is so, like, unfortunate because the kid is way more talented than what we saw inside the UFC. And if anything, the consolation is in his last UFC fight was that loss to... Uh, was that loss to Pat Sabatini where everybody thought that Sabatini was going to strangle him immediately. I knew that TJ was much better than what he showcased in that Derek Minner fight. Must have been jitters, whatever it was. I know he has some mental hurdles that he used to, he needs to overcome, but I feel like once he got comfortable in the cage, which he did against Sabatini, he would have been able to show his full skill set. And I think he probably could have pulled off an upset against Melsek Bagdasarian, but he's never going to be able to showcase that now since they let him go. Shout out to my guy, Sean Better once again. Lajon Dream saying, end of year, uh, end of last year, I think Yanni was more profitable than Nick, but this year Nick has been slightly more profitable, but pretty sure they're both on the positive or in the positives on the show. Love to hear it. Love my guy, Nick Kalikas, as well. Sean Bitter saying, Bonefin Brothers on the next contender series. I'm very high on both. I'm very much looking forward to that. Um, I'll probably start the tape on that tomorrow. Um, but yeah. Interesting. It's always interesting when we have two brothers come onto the containers. Just the last ones that I remember was the Kosi brothers, who both ended up earning contracts as well. So Bonfim brothers seem to have some solid experience. Could be much more complete than the Kosi brothers as well, but I can't wait to see what they look like. The guy that I'm intrigued by, and Sean, you might be able to tell me a little bit about this guy, is that uh, Abasov guy. Let me see if I can pull it up here. But uh, let me pull up his name. Yeah, he's actually fighting one of the Bonfim brothers, uh, Ishmael Bonfim. But his name is Nariman Abasov. The guy's 28 and 3. 28 and 3 record with the, and he's 28 years old. Uh, his last loss was December of 2016. 
He's been on a three, six, nine, twelve, about a thirteen or fourteen fight winning streak. Absolutely crazy. He just beat a guy that was forty six and one, forty wins, six losses and one draw. Like he's fight. It seems like he's fighting legitimate competition on the regional scene as well. Let me know what you think about this Nariman guy. I can't wait to tape him. Uh, Lajon Dream saying he shout out John Jones for that choke in his interview. Actually, wow, I missed the uh, I missed the interview. I just skipped through it honestly. Corey Ipo saying Figlak may have confidence issues. Dude was doing push-ups for four pictures today. I'm somehow taking Ferris at home now. I'm not betting that fight, but I do lean on the Figlak side for sure. BP again with the future <laughs> fight. Uh, quick predictions. I always love when he comes through with this thing. You got Alkins to beat JSP uh, in decision two. I don't. I do lean on the JSP side. And I think that we'll see JSP actually try to exploit the dwindling durability of Darren Elkins. And I think he could possibly finish him early too. Sean Bitter saying, yeah, I'm pretty sure Melsa Brito is confirmed. I didn't hear about it myself, but will be a great fight if that's what it ends up being. Street Guru in the chat saying, uh, what do you think of Cedriquez Dumas from yesterday's contender series? He was impressive. Very impressive. Um, like, is that going to make me bet him as a favorite if he makes it, when he makes his UFC debut? No. I still want to see him go up against other legitimate guys. That was a good win for him, but it was like one of those spots where like he just gets a quick win. Like, even Blake Builder, right? I bet that guy is an underdog, but even I can guarantee you that, you know, if he's the a big favorite in his next fight, I might be looking to fade him. He is slightly vulnerable at times. So we got to be careful with these guys that get quick finishes on the contender series. Don't get too high up on their horses right off the fat, uh, the bat. Um, yeah. Should be fun, though. Corey uh, Ipo. <laughs> Angry that my guy BP is bringing up... Uh, uh, fights four more weeks out. You're tinting the chat. They most likely fall through anyways. I'm always happy to give a quick prediction. Corey, don't worry about it. It's nice to just keep the chat lively. Again, we got another like 40 minutes to make up as well. So is what it is. Uh, Sean Bitter saying TJ will be back in the UFC one day and so will his brother Tony. Shout out to Tony Laramie. I know he just uh, fell out of his fight with uh, in LFA that was supposed to happen a couple weeks ago. Hopefully he's able to jump back on the card, but or at least on a future card. But yeah, both guys are very skilled, man. Very, very, very skilled. Real news MMA saying I'm looking forward to Jimmy Lawson. Interested to see how his tape ends up looking. Sean Bitter saying Abbasov, in my honest opinion, is overrated. The striking is basically overhands, looping hooks. Fun to watch, but sloppy. Bonefin should be able to pick him apart. Interesting. I can't wait to run the tape. Daniel saying, uh, is Ikram legit? I think Ikram is another guy that's fighting on the next contender series. Is that correct? Nope. When is Ikram fighting? Because that, that name sounds very familiar. Is it the following contender series, maybe? BP saying, LOTN, I want your knowledge take on these fights, my friend. I lean JSP too, actually. There you go. So were you trying to shift me to the... Uh, to, to the Elkin side so that you can say I'm leading GSP or JSP. <laughs> date Mike in the chat. Hey, Date Mike, you never answered my question yesterday. Are you actually Prison Mike as well? And you just changed your name to Date Mike. Ladies love when I go full to mass. I love it. 
sense and saying thoughts on Yusuf versus Chikadze. Honestly, like skill wise, lean should be Yusuf, but he's so low volume that Chikadze could just get away on kicks and just staying active enough. Um, you know, if you give me a good enough price tag on Chikadze as an underdog, I'll probably take a shot on him. But Yusuf is just so hard to to back when he just doesn't willingly pull the trigger enough. Sure, he has big power and sure he can knock guys out, but when he's not knocking guys out, he's giving away decisions, just like he did it against Arnold Allen, which is why I backed Arnold Allen in that spot. I might back Chikadze here as well if you give me a good enough underdog spot. Aaron Quillis saying just dropped 10 units on Whitaker. He should win this fight. I'm personally waiting to get a better line. Um, I know some big money was dropped on uh, Vittoria a couple of days ago, but the best right now we can get on Whitaker is minus 210. I still want to wait. Maybe there is more money coming on Vittori. Whitaker should win that fight, though. Jonathan Jones saying Whitaker by points is a lock. I like it. It is roughly around plus 100, minus 120, so probably a little bit better of a bet. But, yeah, I think Knuckles probably rose in the spot. BP asking you, sorry for that. So NFL to return. I'm not much of an NFL guy. You know, I don't really watch football, so could care less. The one thing that I don't really care for is uh seeing the nfl fill up my timeline i've even gone as far as i think it was last year or the year before where i actually muted the word football and nfl <laughs> like i don't care for it at all but i know there's a large sect of mma fans that are nfl fans as well so that's why i'll usually see it up there Corey Ipo saying, does Dustin Stosos have a chance lock? He looked very impressive a couple months ago. He looked impressive against a guy in Dwight Grant who looks shitty. Let's be honest. He sucks. Um, I don't know. I don't think Stosos has much of a chance at all. I really like Magomedov in this spot. Sean Bitter saying, yeah, Ikram is on the contender series. Fighting Souza on contender series. Uh, I think he is top 15 potential. Only lost to Chumayev. Yes, I remember this guy now. I didn't run the tape other than that uh, that fight. Uh, that he had against Chimaev. But uh, yeah, kid looks kid looked promising from what I saw. Can't wait to break down that one as well. Interesting that Mario Sosa is getting another shot on the contender series. If they like him that much and keep bringing him back, just put him in as a short notice fill-in in the UFC at a certain point. Lajon Dream saying, lock watch a CFL, not NFL. <laughs> I will say this. I've been to a CFL game way back in the day. Uh, right before UFC 149, I believe it was UFC 149, which was in Calgary. Pull it up. The UFC 149 fight week. Uh, I was working with the UFC, uh, helping out their PR department at that time. They brought me out to Calgary to help them uh, back in 2012. Wow, this is over 10 years ago now. Uh, but during that week, there was a Calgary Stampeders versus Saskatchewan Rough Riders matchup, and they had uh, you know fighters doing appearances during the game. But they also gave uh, gave the media and a bunch of the uh, workers at the UFC uh, comp tickets to go watch the CFL game. So I remember sitting uh, in the stands, me, uh, a couple guys from the UFC, uh, like staff, um, Ariel Hawani, uh, Casey Layden, uh, Esther Lynn, Showdown Joe Ferraro, if anybody remembers him. Uh, you know, a bunch of the media guys were all sitting there. And yeah, fun fun times. It was crazy that there's more Saskatchewan Rough Riders fans in that stadium than there were Calgary Stampeder fans. Amazing atmosphere, I'll say that. Fun times. Sanson saying, let's go. 
DC lines. Corey Yippo thinks that football is dead. I would never know. Lajon Dream loves himself some blue bombers <laughs> back to back. BP saying, I like he bust to beat Brian Ortega's girl. Ooh, I'll be definitely on the Tracy Cortez side there. Daniel saying, do you bet NBA? Not as much as I used to. Um, I used to be into it a little bit more. I just don't have the time to do the research that I need to to make him, you know, legitimate picks there. Uh, I tell a couple guys, some guys that I trust that are good with NBA stuff. That's where I leave it. Lajon Dream saying fighters made appearances during the CFL game. That's dope. I think they did something like before the game or something like that, or even at halftime. I know it was because uh, when I drove back to the, the hotel that we were staying at, uh, I drove back with Tiago Alves and uh, Sarah, Sarah, Sarah Kaufman. That was cool. Cause uh, Tiago Alves was telling about telling us about the uh, torn pec that he had. I think it was torn pec or torn bicep, but I remember him showing it to us. Uh, but cool ride back to the hotel during that. JSJ saying who should headline 283 in Brazil. I'm a whole, I don't know who's going to headline it. Maybe Glover versus Yuri. That would be a great fight to have headline down there, even though Yuri is the champion. So he should have home field advantage essentially. But um, having Glover headline would be great. Uh, but I want to see Jose Aldo on that card. You know what I mean? I, th- I know there's a lot of talk about um, Jose Aldo hanging him up and and not really having much of a career after that loss off, uh, to, to Marab the other week. But have him end off his career in Brazil, I think that would be the best way to go about it. Lajon Dream saying that was when Sass was good too. I'm pretty sure. I have no idea. I don't even remember who won that game because I was just enjoying myself so much. BP saying uh, Bazi also matched up against Alex Perez. Love to... Uh, about Eileen Albazi, but could be close. I think that this is a perfect step up for Albazi. You know, I think that he this is a winnable fight for him. I think Prez is starting to show that he's on the decline, and Albazi shows shows all the skill in the world. I think he has a very high ceiling. Lazarus Dream saying Sask has a cult like following. Well, they have nothing else to cheer for in terms of sports, so I get why they make the trip over to Calgary. Sean Bitter saying, "What do you think the ceiling is on Cal Borahio?" Honestly, I'm not as impressed as most people are with him. You know, I think maybe he cracks the top 15, but I don't think he gets much past that. You know, I don't think he cracks top 10. Yeah, I'm not that big on him. I think at a certain point, he's going to face too much adversity. Aaron Quill is saying, have you ever had press credentials? If so, how was it? I've never had press credentials, but I've always worked. Like, I've worked UFC 129. UFC 140, UFC 152, UFC 149. Those are the four events that I've worked backstage with the UFC. That show was fun. Um, you know, I've been behind the scenes for a lot of regional shows as well because I used to do a lot of work for them, like uh, some of the regional shows we had up here, score fighting series, all that type of stuff. Um, but I've never really applied for press credentials or anything like that. Sansons Boulevard saying it's true, Lajuan. You have seen lots of SAS fans in BC for some reason. There you go. GSJ asking, how do you rank Bellator PFL on one right now? Which has the most potential? Still got to think that Bellator is number two. You know, I do think that they have the second best talent pool as well. I'd say again, one, it's it's tough to really rank them because they were they're way bigger in the Asian market than they are over here on the North American side. 
So tough to really put them anywhere because they're not really going to catch on unless they get more, you know, U.S. based guys and have more events over here on the U.S. side of things. So I'd probably go Bellator, PFL, and then one. But like PFL is on the on the heels of Bellator. I'll be honest. Laws on Dreams saying Charles or Glover to main event. That'll be great. But Charles, you know, fighting in a couple months now probably won't be able to. Jonathan Jones saying, why did TKO promotion go under? I always like when I'm doing tape and it's a TKO fight. Thought of this while watching Jordan versus Morgan fight this past weekend. I believe that the the owner actually had some money issues or something like that. Uh, and, and, you know, ultimately had to go under. Uh, you know, I don't know how much money they were making. They had a big production. You know what I mean? Like a lot of those shows were very aesthetically pleasing. But with that comes with a big budget, right? And I'm just not sure how they were making their money back because it wasn't off of ticket sales. So, uh, yeah, I just don't think they had the money to to continue to fuel it. Next thing, I feel like the Imavov line should be much wider. Time to smash. I think he wins. I don't know what's holding me back from actually playing it, though. Lajon Dream saying Glover main, Charles Comain or flip-flop, then Aldo before those fights. I think you could even get away with Aldo in the Coleman event, honestly. And again, I don't know if Charles will want to come back so quickly after a fight with Islam Mahachev near the end of October, right? We we're talking about a two-month turnaround, three-month turnaround. I don't know if he'll want to come back that quickly. Anthony Rivera Medina saying, are you very religious? I am not. You know, I I uh, keep my hair. That's kind of part of the Sikh religion. That's like my like the turban and all that stuff. But I'm very westernized in a sense right like i don't mind wearing hats every now and then whenever i go out to like big functions or anything like that that's where i'll tie my turban and kind of go all out with that even when i'm doing like uh big breakdowns or big shows on youtube i'll tie my turban and stuff but yeah um religious wise you know I, I burn i drink i eat meat i don't really care which day i eat meat either you know like it i'm not super religious i just enjoy the culture aspect of it Lajon Dream saying, very true. They only got a uh, WHL team and a lacrosse team. I'm pretty sure. I didn't even know they even had a WHL team. <laughs> Buffalo on the Beat saying, bring on Sheehan for a show. Shout out to Sean Sheehan. Uh, I've never really talked to the guy. Um, but maybe. Maybe. Ricky Chow saying, I'm late to the party. Thoughts on St. Denis this week? He should win. But the fact that his number is turning close to that fight doesn't go to the decision line, I would rather take fight doesn't go to decision as this other guy, uh, Gabriel Miranda. Very good and slick jiu-jitsu himself early in fights. His cardio is shit, which is why Benoit will likely win this fight if he's able to get past that first round. Uh, and I think that St. Denis' grappling defense will be good enough so that he doesn't get tapped out here by Miranda. But just in the off chance, maybe uh, fight doesn't go to decision is the better way to go to cover either outcome, but I I fully expect violence in this fight, especially the way that St. Denis fights. Lajron Dream saying that one card last Friday was dope, though. First time I've been able to catch a card. Well, there you go. Maybe they'll start to pick up some steam after that big fight. Anthony Rivera Medina saying in terms of skill, one is probably two. Yeah, that is a good point. One is probably number two. Corey Yipo saying, I don't know if one drug testing... These guys look different. I, I don't think they're drug testing, but I'm not 100% sure either. JSJ is saying with Harry Hunts, I could cut. Who's the worst fighter on the current roster? Jared Van Derrick gets my vote. 
And Corey Ipo saying Vandera has a win inside the UFC, though. Current worst fighter on the current roster got to be Mike Jackson, right? I believe he's going up against Pete Rodriguez. Mike Jackson's got to be the least skilled fighter on the current roster. The man still has a spot on the roster because he has a DQ win over Dean Barry. Hilarious stuff there, but got to be my uh, Mike Jackson. Did I say Johnson? I meant Mike Jackson. Jake Noecker in the chat saying, "Man, Preet, I'm just here to say ha- hope." Jeez, let me let me try to read this again. I'm just here to say, have I hope you're having a great week, my man. Appreciate the love as always, my friend. By the way, I, I saw the clip that you posted up as well. I think I retweeted, if I'm not mistaken. But you could have let me know that my mic wasn't on. I was using the mic from my webcam, but I hate when that happens. I hate when I have this beautiful highly expensive mic in front of my face yet it's not connected for the interview that i'm doing on Streamyard. i'm able to quickly check okay what's it connected to and i'm able to make the switch but when i jump in you know whatever behind the scenes program that you guys are using over there for uh betql um i wasn't able to quickly see whether it was connected to that or not so i hate that it you know i look like a dummy talking into a mic but it's not not actually working heads up next time for me please <laughs> Appreciate the love, my friend. Yeah, Pena's fumbled a bag for us. Heavy there. Aaron in the chat saying, Mago Meta Vittori Parlay. Your work is awesome, fan. Fan of the channel and Patreon. Let's get this money. Appreciate the love, my friend. Appreciate you staying loyal to the Patreon as well. I'm not sure if you've actually jumped into the Discord yet, Aaron, because I've seen you commenting and posting and liking a lot of the stuff on the Patreon, but nothing in the Discord. Hop in the Discord if you haven't already. I'm sure you'll enjoy your uh, time in there as well. I agree with the Mago Madoff side. Not so much with the Vittori, but good luck to you, my friend. JSJ saying, apart from Shogun, which fighter did you fanboy over back in the day? Uh, Vandalay Silva. Vandalay Silva will always be number one to me. Uh, big, big fan of his. Always a fun, entertaining style. You know, I almost cried when he got knocked to shit by uh, Chris Lieben at UFC 132, I think it was. Uh, but then was very happy that at UFC 139, he was able to go to war with Kung Lee and get the win there. Lajuan Dream Singh, Regina Pats, they actually have the most hyped up prospect coming up the ranks. Supposed to be the next Crosby, McDavid, and those guys. Wow. Interesting. Shout out to the WHL. Jonathan Jones saying, call me crazy, but I will be fading Kayla Harrison against Pacheco and I hope she is like a plus 500. I'm sure you'll absolutely um, get at least plus 500 on Pacheco, especially considering she already has two losses to Harrison. I get I get the potential fade. Maybe this is finally the spot that Pacheco finally gets to win. But uh I don't I it's hard for me to see. But then again, I'm not gonna advise people to go out there and bet a minus one thousand favorite either. Jake Noecker saying, didn't even notice the mic, man. My bad. It's all good. It's all good. It's all good. We'll give heads up next time. Please do. Jack Duffy in the chat saying favorite dog over plus one fifty. He's asking Zium. Um, favorite dog over plus one fifty. Uh, let's see. I'd have, I don't, I'm not like official in, in terms of official predictions. I haven't picked anybody that's worse than a, a plus 150 or, or, you know, a bigger underdog than plus 150. But I got to say the one that I'd probably lean on the most is John McDessie at plus 195 plus 200. You know, I think that skill set between him and Hackbrass is probably the closest amongst anybody that's a plus 150 or bigger underdog. Um, yeah, 
I think Mike Dicey would probably be the best big underdog on this weekend's card. Am I betting it? No. Um, but yeah. There you go. Lodge on Dream saying, I keep forgetting about the Discord. Make sure you do that. Lodge on Dream saying, Nate Diaz just created his own Discord too, actually. If anybody knows anything about these like huge Discords, like these you know, public Discords, they turn to shit almost immediately because there's a lot of spammers and bullshitters in there. It goes to shit pretty quickly. So that's why I like having mine private the way that I do. Aaron Quillis saying, did you already cover the four dogs I hit yesterday? Um, kind of, yeah. I talked about it at the top of the show. You know, I cashed on Builder. I whiffed on uh, on Pinas. Um, but I even talked about at the top of the show, 13 out of 29 underdogs have won on the Contender Series this season. Very, very live underdogs. By the way, there's somebody calling me out on one of my uh, my comment sections on one of my videos. I think it was the week six breakdown video that I did last week. Um, saying, you know, anytime you pick an underdog, they end up losing. I'm like, what are you talking about? I've hit so many underdogs over the last four, five, six weeks. And I named pretty much all of them. And then I even said, like, last week I hit fucking two big underdogs. You know, Michael Parkin and, uh, and Cameron Simon. And then he replies by saying, oh, yeah, you you picked underdogs that you know all the underdogs won on the card how does that discredit me picking underdogs just because all the underdogs ended up winning like some people like i really don't get it it's hilarious they just always look for that one hole to discredit you with lajuan dream saying pacheco has been looking good this season she has she's growing into you know her fighting style but i still don't know if it's enough to beat that physicality of kayla harrison gsj saying we need combat stories back i miss those interviews yeah uh, you know, I, I kicked it off right at the beginning of COVID. And then once COVID hit, I, prob- I I started getting off of it. And then I changed the whole look of the studio as well. So it doesn't really have the 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 compatibility to do a two-person thing in here anymore. But I'll look to get that back eventually. Maybe I should bring Combatosaurus back as like a one-hour, you know, live stream thing where I'm just talking to somebody because that would be pretty cool. I already do so much content, JSJ. Come on. Jake Noecker is saying, thoughts on Gone versus Nazareth Parley at minus 135? Well, I'm sure you just heard me saying I think that McDessey is one of the live or underdogs, so I definitely don't like that from a Nazareth side of things, but, you know, Gone should roll. I really like Magomedov. I think Abus Magomedov is, is probably the way to go this weekend. White House Troll saying, what is more probable? Khabib returning to avenge Islam or Islam taking the belt and gets Connor? Good question. Um, I don't think Khabib returns. I honestly do not think Khabib returns. I think he's plush, sitting, you know, getting a little bit chubby. <laughs> uh, you know, we always knew it was hard for him to make 155 pounds. Now that he's not competing, you see him, you know, putting on, not saying he's fat by any means, like uh, he's still in good shape, but he's clearly not at the point where he can make it down to 155 pounds again. So, just because of that, by default, I think it will likely be the latter half as Lim taking the belt and gets Connor. Um, yeah, I think Khabib is done, done. Jonathan Jones saying UFC should have picked Tan Lee when he was on contender series. Didn't he just lose, though? I know he's a good talent, but I think he just lost his title on 1FC, if I'm not mistaken. Sansa's Boulevard saying, how do you join Discord? Never have used that app before. Uh, just download it. Then you create a quick profile on it, and then you can join whoever's you know, Discord if they send you an invite or something like that. But mine personally is um, 
you have to get it through the Patreon. So once you sign up to the Patreon, there is a function on there where you can connect your Patreon Discord, and then I'll put you into the Patreon Discord as well. Jack Duffy says, I agree, the bull is live. I agree. Lazarus Dream saying, if you have a PC laptop, it's dope. It is definitely dope. Oh, let's see here. Jack Duffy saying, think Buckley has a shot too. I could kind of see it, but I do lean Emov up there. Lajon Dream saying, yeah, I was in Nate's early. There was like 150, 200 people. It was cool. Then Nate posted the link. And then next day, there was 800 plus in the chats were accessible. Exactly. Mr. Office Prof, Mr. Always Profit, appreciate you stopping by. JSJ saying early thoughts on Swanson versus Martinez. They should have just given him favor. I think they should have done that as well. Uh, I like Martinez there, but Swanson showcased that he still has some big power in his hands and he can make things shaky for Martinez. So I'll lean Martinez there as a prediction, but in terms of an actual bet, I'd have to see what the odds are there. Usman Andrum saying people expect Capers to have 100% win rate. So when they blindly use their picks, they're entitled to win. Exactly. Can't guarantee a 100% win rate. Cannot at all. Anybody who says otherwise is full of shit. Aaron saying, any, any early thoughts on Leach versus El Kukui? Again, I've talked about this on every single stream, I think. But Aaron, I know you weren't on those, so I, I, I'm fine with you answering this for you. I have no interest in playing either side there, right? Leach is heavy chalk. Um, and El Kukui, you know, could be still damaged from that fight that he had with Chandler back in May. I'm good. I'm good. Eileen Leach there, but I don't want to play that price tag on him. JSJ saying no shortage of content, bro. Combatistors has a place on the channel, though, even through video call. Yes, I might have to do that. Date Mike saying thanks for another chill stream lock, everyone. It's been real. I got to go for Applebee's happy hour. I love it. Appreciate you stopping by. And you still didn't answer whether you are Prison Mike or not, because I like Prison Mike better than Date Mike. I got to be honest. Buffo on the beat saying, did you see the video of Hasbullah shoving a bunch of food in Volkanovski's face? I have not. And I can't believe that Hasbullah is still relevant. Shout out to this guy. Uh, Aaron Quiller saying, what's your biggest dog that uh, hit that wasn't just a sprinkle? I threw three units uh, cast on Tybura a few weeks ago. Uh, biggest underdog that wasn't just a sprinkle. I guess we're talking money line picks, right? Um, And I can't remember, like, like Mick Parkin was pretty big, plus 215. I had one unit on him there. I'm trying to think of an underdog that I had multiple. Like, the last underdog I remember having multiple units on and being, like, super confident in. I think I had three units on Jake uh, Jake Matthews over Andre Fialo. But he was, like, plus 130, plus 140. So not too big of a, an underdog. But uh, I can't remember the last time I had big, big money on a... Uh, on a big underdog. But man, I'm kicking myself for not even sprinkling Tybura, knowing that line was wide. Still not taking a sprinkle there. Jake saying, also, dude, how am I still liking the Vittori line here? I get it, man. I, I talked about it with my guy, uh, my guy, uh, Kyle Marley earlier today when I did his podcast. It's hard to come up with a reason not to back a top five guy who's at plus 200 or higher, right? I completely understand that logic. I just think that 
Whitaker hasn't beat pretty much everywhere. Like this might end up looking like a fight where it's, you know, the line should have been minus 150 for Robert Whitaker. So I get the line or the action on Vittori, but I just think that Whitaker is just better all around. Going to be a close fight. Uh, JSJ asking, did I watch the new Dragon Ball movie? Would recommend. I have not, but I'm thinking about going to the theaters to watch it just because I'm a fan. Uh, but shout out to to Clint. I'll, I'll obviously talk about it on the Die Hard podcast later tonight. But he got me on a Dragon Ball Z abridged, uh, hilarious series on YouTube. If anybody hasn't seen it, if you are a fan of Dragon Ball Z and just want to take a little trip down memory lane, watch Dragon Ball Z abridged. It's pretty much the same story, except these guys just made it their own. You know, they gave these guys their own personalities. You know, they made Krillin the, the weak little pussy that always gets owned and shit. Uh, they make uh, Frieza like this sadistic character. Um, like there's so much comedy wrapped up in it as well. So, so good. If you guys like Dragon Ball Z at all, I would highly recommend checking it out. I think it's by Team Four Star. Make sure you check that out. I'm already like 13 or 14 episodes into it. There's 60 episodes total, uh, but they all vary from like six minutes to like 14 minutes. So make sure you guys go check it out. I promise you guys will enjoy it. But yes, I want to watch the Dragon Ball Z a movie, uh, especially considering it's in theaters, right? Just to get that big screen thing of it would be freaking sick. Mr. Always Profit saying, let's lay the chalk on fight goes a distance in Vittori versus Rob. I can't imagine a finish at all. Uh, what is the chalk? What are we talking here in terms of chalk? Minus 250. I could see it. I could see it. I don't mind it. The chalk that I'm laying on a, a fight doesn't go to decision would be the Gabriel Miranda and Benoit Saint-Denis fight. Mr. Always Profit, yes, Jake Matthews was the big dog that I hit. Corey Ipo saying, my biggest underdog with 500 on it was Alec Quinta versus Kevin Lee, plus 240. Good shit. I like it. Strong hit there. Jonathan Jones saying, when is the time to hammer Anderson Silva on this Jake fight? Uh, now, you get any plus money on Anderson Silva, you hit it. But I don't know if that's true, right? Is it is it 100% confirmed that it's Anderson Silva? But if it is, you take Anderson Silva. JSJ saying Yanni has cashed two of his last 18 contender series bouts. How much pressure do you think he's under behind the scenes from the UFC? I don't know if they, you know, I think they enjoy his insights in terms of being so knowledgeable of, you know, the betting markets and knowing who's betting who and the sharps and all that shit. I think that's why they like him, but he's way more of a statistics guy than he is an MMA film study kind of guy. And I think that's what's biting him in the ass here. So, I don't know about the uh, pressure that he is under. Maybe they just appreciate what he's doing because they have him on the line. They have him, uh, the other podcast, The Gambler's Perspective. So they do a bunch of content with him. And I think they're fully on board with him, knowing that he'll eventually turn the ship. GSJ saying, still need to watch DBZ Abridged. Please do. I think you'll very much enjoy it. Jake Dwecker saying, you like uh, Kopilov at Dog Gods. I believe it's a pick em right now. A close fight. It's just so hard to trust Kopilov because of his uh, low output and uh, suspect cardio. I'm still picking him to win this fight, but very sketched out that he'll actually be able to go out there and get the win. Aaron saying, I think Yanni gets paid money behind the scenes. Big boogies to sway betters sometimes, but that's my tinfoil hat thinking. A lot of people think that's how it goes, but like it's he is tarnishing his own self by putting out losing bets, right? 
Why would he tarnish his own image by putting out losing bets so that big bookies can win? That's what I've never understood, right? I think that, like, even Nick Lelikas, right? He works for the circus sports, but he puts out his own bets as well. But he wants to be seen as a sharp guy as well. So why would he give out constantly losing picks on purpose, right? I think that's the difference here. I never believed in that personally. Uh, Ricky Chow saying, I don't understand the fascination of finding underdogs every week. The majority of professional gamblers risk way less units on dogs versus favorites they are confident in. But I think you ha- to be successful long-term, you have to be able to find your underdog spots as well. Because like you ha- to pick favorites consistently, you know, it's it's rough and it's hard to do. Uh, I know my my weak spot, at least in terms of my track betting record, has been my ability to pick slight favorites. It's been abysmal. It's been horrible. I'll share it with you guys right here, right now. Um, 124 total picks on slight favorite money lines. I've hit them at a 53% clip for minus 63 units on slight favorites. That's what's been really biting me in the ass. I can't figure out that minus, you know, that that minus 105 to minus, or sorry, that minus 110 to minus 175 range. It's been very difficult for me to find that my proper footing there. I think it's been picking up recently because my street picks have been doing very well, but my big favorites, that's where I'm like, you know, making a decent amount of money there. Um, uh, 81% hit rate on big favorites. That's anything minus 180 or over. Uh, 87 units of profit off of that alone for a 18% ROI. Uh, and then slight uh, underdogs, you know, they, they've been coming through for, uh, for me as well. Um, obviously, you don't have to have to hit them at as high of a clip as you do your favorites because of the obvious money that you're getting back from betting underdogs. But slight underdogs, I'm hitting at a 50% clip for 22 units of profit. That's uh, 11% ROI. And then big underdogs, uh, 28% hit rate. But uh, currently, I'm up 1.16 units on underdogs or at least big underdogs for a 2% ROI. But it's that slight favorite spot that's been really fucking me in the past. Not to mention, uh, you know, props a little bit sketchy at times as well. Uh, I really got to stick with my bread and butter, which is the fight doesn't go to decision or unders rather than trying to get cheeky with decision props or KO props or anything like that. Uh, Jake Nowaker asking, Wood over Jordan? Yes, I am on the Nathaniel Wood side there for sure. Better overall fighter if he can get his grappling going as well. Uh, I think he should make it even more resounding that he wins that fight. JSJ saying, I'd like to see Nikolikas on contender series. It would be interesting if they give him that spot, but they seem a little bit more invested on the Yanni side than they do the Kalikas side. Jonathan Jones saying, I'm sure the UFC brass has seen the backlash on Yanni on Twitter about his picks, so it might be in a, a little bit of hot water. Again, considering how invested they are with him on other platforms, maybe maybe they might look at somebody else to do the contender series for them and keep him on for all the other things. So, again, I don't think he'll leave on the line, and I don't think he'll leave that Gambler's Perspective podcast that he does, but maybe for contender series, they'll look elsewhere at a certain point. Aaron's saying if Diaz wins or loses, what do you think he does after 279? I think he leaves the UFC because that's the last fight on his contract. And I think he'll just go fuck off and do whatever the hell he wants. I don't think uh, he'll tie himself exclusive to any con uh, to any company. And I think some companies will be fine with that. Um, but I'd be surprised if he's in the UFC any longer after this fight. JSJ saying, do you think Ferguson retires on Saturday? No, I think he is too nutty. Um, I think he is too nutty to go out there and, 
and retire after this weekend. I think he goes to the point where he fights out his UFC contract and then just goes somewhere else. I don't know how many fights he has left, but I think that's the type of guy he's going to end up being. Mr. Always Profit saying, nice uh, ball on Builder. Had a losing day on Contender Series first time this year. Builder still sucks. Can't wait to fade him in the UFC. Had Morgan Silva both shit the bed. Dumas and Kinoshiti came through. Only minus 1.1 units. Yes. Dumas did fuck up my Peña's play. So I ended up, you know, just like plus 0.1 unit of profit. Uh, but I was able to catch that Builder spot. Um, yeah. Good call on Dumas, my friend. Date Mike saying, not everyone likes prison, Mike. Other comedians like Dan Goldstein, been AWOS since he started. Okay, Apple's BB's open at five. I got to go, folks, until next time. Bring back prison, Mike, please. Bring back prison, Mike. Jake Noecker saying, I promise you without spilling too many beans, I can. Yanni isn't going anywhere. His producers love when his bets don't hit. All about the book. He's interesting. It's not in my DMs. I'd like to know more about that, my friend. Uh, JSJ saying there's way too much variance on contender series for Yanni's statistics model to work. I think I think there's very good uh, merit to that. Ricky Chow saying I'm buying Yanni's 2022 remainder package for 749. I never listened to my paid captors for MMA. They are not as sharp as the YouTube guys. I appreciate that. <laughs> I don't know if that's a that's a compliment or what. Uh, again, Jake Nowak, you're saying without spilling too many beans is that I can't. Yanni isn't going anywhere. UFC's partner with bookies. They love when his bets don't hit. Interesting. But still, like, it's... I don't know. I don't think he's purposely giving out losing picks. That's what people are starting to think, right? They're thinking he's trying to make the bookies a lot of money because he keeps giving out losing picks. It's not... I don't think that's what he's intending on doing. Dave Mike saying $5 blue motorcycles. Ladies love me. Okay, got to go. <laughs> JSJ saying conspiracy theorist to me th is thinking DraftKings is our making a killing from everyone tailing Yanni this summer. It's easy money from a huge viewership that I actually that love to bet casually bet. How many people are actually taking his bets are, 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 is my question, right? How many people are actually going in and making his plays? Like I think where he messes up though is the parlays. You know, he's parlaying the, I forgot who the big underdog that he took was. I know he bet Silva. I know he bet Peñas. Try to remember the other underdog that he had. Oh, Morgan. I think he had Morgan as well. But yeah, I don't think he's doing it on purpose. Jake saying he's certainly not giving out losing picks on purpose, but bookies know people follow his bets. So they like when he loses because the bookies win. Exactly. Mr. Always Profit saying, even if he was, that is so difficult to lose all. Exactly. <laughs> oh, well. JSJ saying, I've Twitter searched Yanni on Tuesday, and trust me, a lot of fans tell him. Interesting. This is what it is. Jack Duffy saying, at this point, the Yanni fate is crushing the box. <laughs> Maybe it's the opposite now, right? Mr. Offie's profit saying, let's get lock on the Dana White contestants. I don't know if I could do that, man. I don't know if I can handle that pressure. Fuck. Laws on Dream saying, big yawns. I don't know where they're coming from, bro. I don't. Like, I've I had a legit sleep. I don't know why I always end up yawning when it comes down to it. Um, Yeah, I don't know if I could handle the pressure of being on the contender series like that. I would. I already fumble all over my words. Yeah, I mean, imagine me on fucking live TV trying to do that shit. Um, 
that's why I'll always be happy to just have my own YouTube channel and I have a couple channels pay me to do content for them. That's it. I don't really care to do much else. BP saying I have Jack beats Derek Brunson in December. Thoughts? Uh, I lean that way as well. I lean that way as well, my friend. Lost on Dream saying hump day. You know what it is. Sanson saying long weekend. Yes, it is. I'll be going to uh, I'll be going to Montreal this weekend to visit my cousins. I can't wait. Mr. Always Prophet saying, what fighter is going to headline that card that Strickland versus Jared was supposed to do? Um, let's see. Um, let me see if there's any headlinable fights on that uh, on that card. Martina Swanson, Askarov versus Roy Val. Askarov versus Roy Val could potentially headline. That's a fire flyweight fight. Um, yeah, definitely none of the other fights stand out enough. So if they're going to take something from that card, maybe Martina Swanson, maybe Askarov, Roy Val, but I would lean Askarov, Roy Val more than anything. Usman saying, what happens if so many people are going to fade Yanni that he's going to hit a hot streak eventually? Jack Duffy saying, Saftik to the contender series. That would be great. I would love to see my guy Saftik on there. Yipo saying, uh, Strickland got a tooth infection on his finger. Apparently he punched somebody and their tooth went into his uh, finger and then it got infected. All right. We pretty much hit the one hour mark. Appreciate everybody who's dropped questions and stayed active in the chat. You guys are great. Seems like we had a bigger turnout than we normally do, uh, which I love to see. I mean, we usually linger around that 35 to 39 viewer mark. We're up to about 47 people on the regular here. So I love to see that. Appreciate the love. Appreciate the support. Again, I'll be back in, I'll be back in two and a half hours on the Deadlock podcast channel to do the same thing with my guy, Clint. So if you guys want to come through and show me and him, make sure you guys check out the Deadlock podcast. Once again, that's coming out 7.30 p.m. Eastern. We're going to be going live. Check out my YouTube, or sorry, check out my Twitter page for the link when I drop it closer to the time. And we shall do it at that point. Appreciate you guys. Love you guys. And again, I'll be back tomorrow for uh, the MMA Lock Talk. I don't know if it's actually going to be at 4 o'clock because me and Cody have to do uh, propping you up, which we usually do at 5 o'clock. But I do have a wedding to get to tomorrow or a wedding reception tomorrow. And I have to leave around 6, 6.30. And me and Cody normally take two and a half hours to do our podcast. So uh, the timing for tomorrow's MMA Log Talk is a little bit up in the air as of this moment. But as soon as I find out, you guys will know. And it will be posted on the YouTube page. But hope to see you guys tomorrow. And I hope to see you guys later this evening for the Deadlock Podcast. All right. Peace out. Love you guys. See you tomorrow.